This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Yo. <laughs> What's up, my friends? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome to the show today. It's going to be a fun show. We're going to talk about the movie Encanto, and there is about 8,000 podcasts we could do on that in relation to family systems, who you are in a family, and all kinds of stuff. So let's get ready and rock and roll. That's exactly right. Uh, we watched Encanto a while back, and as I was watching it, I immediately, and this was before, this was like right when it came out, mm-hmm. I immediately was like, family of origin, oh my gosh, like it's all these things, and people represent stuff, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm super excited to talk about it. I watched it again and took like four pages of notes. Right, and from a Seth family. Seth said he was going to take notes, but he took zero. They're all right here, baby. All right here. Okay. In the hard drive. Okay. The soft drive, rather. My brain's not hard. Anyway, <laughs> uh, being a literal family systems therapist, this is all we learned about in grad school. Different roles, different uh, things that you can't go against, uh, certain standards or unspoken stuff, all kinds of stuff that you just, you don't mess with. And you go, oh, wait a minute. And when you get older, you really think about these things as you see your mom, as you see your dad, your grandma your cousins, how you are kind of thing. And this movie represents about a hundred of those archetypes and the reasons for it, which I'm super excited about. So you guys, first off, this show is brought to you by getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. We're going to be talking a lot about family systems. And if you go, Ooh, that's me. I'm the scapegoat. I'm the overachiever. I'm the underachiever. I'm the one that hasn't, I'm the secret keeper kind of thing. Go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to maybe figure some of this stuff out. Because when you walk around and you have this heavy baggage, you're like, I don't know how to get rid of this. You got to talk to somebody. You got to talk to a therapist, a coach, someone who knows what they're doing. So go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get your therapist today. That's right. That's right. That's right. All, All right. right. So dump, dumping, diving and jumping right on in. Uh, I want to talk about, well, do you have any thoughts just right out of the gate of what you want to share like in, in roles? I want to talk about like the roles of each character, mm-hmm. what I think they represent, because I've heard a lot of things out there on the internet that I think are slightly inaccurate. And I'm, I'm right. curious if you have any thoughts. Are those things from gate? a family therapist perspective? No. Or just kind of I mean, anecdotally? Yeah. Sort of just that. Armchair psychologist? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So... One thing, and I'll start out with the very first scene. And um, if you, so I had a, a uh, well, he's a, a psychiatrist, a, a licensed psychologist, uh, an Indian dude, native guy. And uh, his name is Dr. Um, Dr. Duran. And I've read a bunch of his work and I've seen him. And every time he comes to town, I have dreams. Right? And it's like super trippy. Like he's a legit medicine man. I don't respect him a lot. And he talks about in his, he talks about, uh, historical trauma and multi-generational trauma and all this stuff. And he says, he explains it in the the easiest way possible. He's like, oh, something happened. Like something happened, whether it was to your grandmother, to your grandfather, to your mom, dad, to you when you were younger, something happened. And most of the times that's in reference to, oh, yikes, some kind of trauma happened. So if you remember in the very first scene Mm -hmm. or one of the first scenes Mm -hmm. in in Encanto, it's like, okay, and I'm not sure what was going on in Colombia at the time. Mm-hmm. I imagine some kind of civil war or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I should have looked that up, sorry. Um, but the the dad, the maybe patriarch of the family, died, right? They had to uh, move their entire house. They lost their house. They lost their land. Hmm, sounds very familiar, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, sounds like Wow, Native Indian American. country, right? So, um Something happened, right? And then that something happened. Sometimes there's no time to process it, no time to go through. And there weren't many therapists back then, probably. So who do you who do you go to, kind of thing? Mm. Um, there's nobody to talk about it to. So that gets held on, and boom, kind of bottled up. And then 
we call them maladaptive reactions. So in Kanto is like, okay, all these archetypes, stereotypes, some of them are maladaptive, some of them are not, and people do the best they can with what they got. So what, so in, in, in Kanto, okay, something happened, right? So we start the scene with a trauma, there was uprootedness, and somebody died. And then Abuela, the grandma, Mm -hmm. was like, okay, and this reminds me very much of my own grandma, not my native grandma, but my British grandma. Mm -hmm. She was in World War II in England, and I don't know about you. Like, her home city was bombed. Her home city was bombed, and I don't know about you. Her brother was a fighter pilot in World War II for the British Army and um, uh, British military and got shot down. And died, right? Her brother, who when was like she two was, years, I think, twelve. When she was like twelve or thirteen, and right? And she so, answered the door when the people came. Oh, I didn't know that. And gave her the like. Oh, that sucks. Thing, yeah, man. So your grandmother legit had like wartime trauma. Makes me sad, right? It's and she was sad. she was telling us about uh, bomb shelters, and um, the uh, air raids would go off, and they had gas masks on their purses to. Um, like they would you know. sew gas masks into the bottoms of their purses mm. so that they would still look stylish while also having a gas mask handy. Right. So, oh, you know, she told me of one story that uh, they were at a dance at, at night or in the evening and her friend went that way and she went that way. Air sirens came on and like bombs were going off near her friend's house. And I don't think she died, <laughs> but still just the thought she of... She had classmates in her school die from being yeah, bombed. It's like, oh shit. Yeah, that's, when she that's was, heavy stuff, right? So yeah. something happened, and I can definitely see the residual effects uh, in in my family mm-hmm. growing up, and even even now. It's just right. like okay, I carry some of that stuff along with the other side of the family as well. Can I, so the stuff matters, and you think, oh, that was in the past. That was you know, blah blah. blah. No, it's. Right. I mean, if if you cut a tree down. The stump is still there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I want to, there's a word that Seth used, maladaptive. We used it as if all of us know what that is. And I want to break that down. So maladaptive, adaptive, you're adapting to something. Mal mm-hmm. is bad. That's the, it means bad, right? right. Like malnourished. Malnourished, mal, right. So maltreatment, you're, you're not adapting to something well. It's a maladaptive response to something. And mm-hmm. so I liken like abuela to your grandma mm-hmm. and the way that she responded, again, in the movie, she looks like in the beginning, like she's this protector when she is, I mean, she's sort of the matriarch of the whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But her maladaptive response is to kind of unintentionally hold everyone. uh, Like they are stuck in that position. You can't leave that. You got to be that thing. And if you're not that thing, you're disappointing us. Right. Mm -hmm. And your grandma does a similar thing, Mm -hmm. not to the same extent, obviously, but um, there's a very much like there's a fear based uh, like Everything could go wrong in a split second. Your right. your war your home country could be invaded by bombs and planes and soldiers. And so you just stick, you know, keep to the same thing that I expect you to do. Just stay right there. You know right. what I mean? Because that's safe. And basically right. what we're talking about now, think of it, this is a trauma response. Right. It's like the trauma, the the adaptation, not all of it was mallet adaptive, but the adaptation of like, oh shit. We have to make this work. Like the one scene when Abuela, well, at the very beginning, when Abuela finds herself now without a home, without a country mm-hmm. or, or land, and then, oh, now without a husband. Right. And with or, three or, or, children. Or, yeah, with three children. It's like, okay, what just happened? The threat is still there. There is no other. The only two choices are to die mm-hmm. or to pull it together. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So then you you go into the 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 not fight, flight or freeze. You go into the action mode. I mean maybe it's a fight to stay alive, I guess. But coming from that can be trauma responses. And I didn't even know we were going to go here, but we can even talk about our own like yeah. I don't know, but we'll, we'll stick to the to the No, the I think here. we should in in a way. Like I think mm-hmm. there's a lot there. So if you have like historical trauma, so it said I googled it. They were running they were fleeing from Venezuela. That's what okay. it says in the thing to Colombia. Oh, I see. Right. And so I don't I think it's made up. I don't know that it's like a historical reference or anything. But um so there's a lot of that his, that's historical trauma. Like you're fleeing your your um what's that called? When you're like kicked out of your country. What is that called? Exiled. Yeah, but there's a group, a refugee. You're a refugee, mm-hmm. right, at that point. Um, and so that creates this cascade of maladaptive maladaptive responses. Again, none of them are meant to be hurtful. None of them are meant to be stifling or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as they sort of perpetuate themselves, it's almost like a genetic, like in a plant. Like if you graft on this weird thing and then it grows and grows and grows, it go, goes down your family line. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lineage. 
Well, there's even a study called epigenetics in, oh, yeah. in Indian country. They call it blood memory kind of thing. Yes. Like, oh, my body, mm-hmm. my cells know that. Which, listen to this. This is absolutely mind-boggling if you've never heard of this before. Mm. So when a, uh, when a, it's called, what is it, fetal, uh, whatever. So when you are a pregnant woman and you have a, a female baby, a, a like a female uh, zygote. zygote. Uh, when that becomes an like an embryo and then a baby in your right. womb, they already have your grandchildren's eggs inside of them. Mm. Mind blown. Like when I was pregnant with Hattie, mm-hmm. my body had already created all of her eggs. So, so I carried my grandchildren, right. half of them. So if you go through trauma while you're carrying that, right. you imprint, the chemicals, I mean, spiritual, emotional, mental, right. like you imprint that. Epigenetically. And that's why, so that's one of the reasons why we always argue for really positive vibes when you're pregnant. Like you're not only stamping chemically what's going on in yourself. Like, so if you have anxiety and you have depression and you're pregnant and all you do all day is think about how you hate yourself and you're flooded with like cortisol and sad things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you stamp, it's like you stamp that on your kid but also on your grandkid. Mm. It's, it's epigenetics, right? Mm-hmm. It's real and it's crazy and it's mind-boggling. Boggling. It's mind-boggling. I, t- I thought you were going to tell about the story when your great-grandfather went to boarding school from the reservation, ran away from the boarding school, like walked on train tracks for five days or something like that in the winter and then got back to his I don't know that it was the winter. He walked like three states. He walked three states, right? And so he he essentially as like said, an eleven said, year old boy. He essentially said, "Hey, um, uh, uh, f this, I'm out." F right? You white man left a school, right? Your dad did the same thing <laughs> when he was a kid, but that was just regular public school. And then you did the same thing when you were like <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, like that, but that's really funny. So my grandpa, that's really weird. Did you know that when you were eight? No. Oh eight? no. Right. I think you I probably didn't even know that your dad did it too. No, I had no idea. Right. I ran away from school and walked seven miles in a thunderstorm home. How old were you? I was eight, I think. I was in like third or fourth grade. Can you imagine Hattie doing no. that? No. And the roads I was on. If what if Hattie walked from her school now to here? I'd be like, oh my gosh, she lives one minute away. When I was a kid, I literally walked seven miles in mm-hmm. a thunderstorm, like rain and lightning in Washington state on roads with no shoulders. And if you're from this area, if you know like Renton May Valley, where, what is that elementary school? Maple Hills Eagles. I walked from Maple Hills to the uh, Tiger Mountain Country Store where my neighbor saw me walking, soaking wet as a nine or eight year old kid and picked me up. Like, I I don't know. My dad did the same thing and my great grandfather did the same thing. Interesting. It's interesting. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Back to the show. So I think that Abuela represents um, matriarchy and... Mm -hmm historical trauma, and unintentional maladaptive responses. Mm-hmm. And a very uh, strong approach to like, oh, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. I can sink or swim. Mm-hmm. And on a real level, she swam and created a family and you know got her little nest together and made it work, mm-hmm. right? While still like in the back of her mind, um, not having processed that trauma and then uh, started kind of playing out like these roles right. of of safety. Here's your thing. Don't mm-hmm. get out of line. This could happen again. You don't know what I've gone right. through. And and she never says any of those things. Mm-hmm. She never explicitly says like this person must act this way. And if they don't act this way, I'll be mad. But she corrects constantly in the movie. Like mm-hmm. you can see her. She moves people's seats at the dinner table. Right. She does all that. She's always sort of like puppet stringing from the top. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things is uh, I like talking about over indexing all the time. If you're say that, you know, you're, 50 pounds overweight and you're like, F this, I've had enough. This is crazy. I'm starting today and you do something crazy, right? So you're over indexing. It's not balanced and you're going to burn out Mm. kind of thing. If you wanted to start a workout program or like, okay, I'm only going to drink water and eat potatoes, you know, and that's it for 90 days or something like that. You're over indexing to one side and you're going to, it's not going to work in the end. So what she did of having zero control. I'm mm-hmm. being pushed out. We're being invaded. My husband died. We have nothing. That is zero control. Right. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. She over indexed to hyper control. Mm-hmm. It's my way. It's safe right. this way. I can control it. Mm-hmm. I know where it is. And that's a very, very 
easy response. Right. Think of it this way. So my mom was in a car wreck recently oh, and yeah. she got rear-ended and she has like some legit PTSD. We talked about it. I'm like, mom, I think you should, you know, you should talk about this, right? Because she was super nervous to drive and she even was more nervous when other people were driving. Oh, I didn't you know see that. what I'm saying? Yeah. So like when my dad would drive or she ride with me or my brother or whatnot, she'd be like super duper. Yeah. On edge. Uh, on edge nervous. Why? Because she didn't have control right. of the situation. And in that sense, the body keeps the score. Like that is a book by Besser Vanderkolk. And it really is like your body holds all of this stuff. It's not your brain. You're not thinking about it. I think it's Vanderkolk Besser. <laughs> it's Besser. I don't even know. Vans are awesome. That's his name. Yes. It's, Be it's Besser Astrovan. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Uh, so I want to talk about the different characters as well. So Mirabelle is the main girl. Mm -hmm. uh, Louisa is the big strong one. Camilo is the shape-shifting dude. Peppa, Peppa is the one who has thunderclouds around her head. And mm -hmm. then Dolores hears things. And Bruno, uh, we don't talk about. And then Isabella is the one who's quote-unquote perfect. I mm -hmm. think she's the Elsa of Encanto, which really bothers me. Mm. I don't know why they wrote her so close to Elsa's like character. And even... The way, okay, if you love Encanto like I love Encanto, I hope you're annoyed that she also goes, what else can I do? Like, she sounds like Alanis Morissette. Like, why did we say the word do as if it has like eight more vowels in it? It really drives me bonkers. You thank Tom DeLong from Blink-182. <laughs> she has like a... That was really funny. Yeah. It totally sounds like that. But anyway. Um, yeah. So I want to, who do you want to dive into first? Does anyone stand out as being important? Any of them. I mean, I don't know if we're going to go through all. I want, I kind of, of want to. I actually uh -huh. kind of really want to. Okay. So uh, let's start with the, the, one of the main characters, Mirabelle. Oh, yeah. The main, the, the main right, chick, the right. one who does. Okay, also, Spoiler if alert. you haven't seen Encanto, don't listen to this because right. you'll be sad. So she's the one who, mm -hmm. quote, doesn't have a gift, mm -hmm. right? What are your thoughts on that right out of she, the gate? She didn't get a gift and um, yes. maybe because, okay, I, don't, I haven't really thought about why she didn't get a gift, but uh, she knew that something was wrong, right? You know what? Maybe her gift was intuition of, wait a minute, this is kind of going sideways. I want and, to tell you what I think it is. Well, uh, can I finish no. what I'm saying? uh-uh. Somebody said you interrupt too much, and I am thinking of that. So, somebody. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. That's how my brain works. Keep on. Anyway, go back to the uh, uh, thing. She's oh. not the black sheep, by the way. Go to the. Uh, oh, I think she is. No, she's abs. She, no, she's she's definitely not. She mm. is the one who kind of like that. She's the canary in the coal mine kind of thing, right? So everybody else got their gift, right? And who who was it, who gives the gift, right? Who reveals the gift? I know the magic candle does, right? But the house does, the casita does. Right. But and the uh, candle. And and abuela, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. She does the whole ceremony. She's she's about that, right? So she didn't get a gift from the grandma, mm -hmm. maybe because the grandma didn't know or so okay. All the other people had their role. They had their gift, right? Hey, abuela's going, okay, you're the strong one, you're the pretty one, you make the clouds, you listen, all that stuff, right? She could not come up with a gift for um, Maribel. Mar Maribel, because this is where you get Maribel. Some some psychology piece of it. She's like, oh, I I don't know what's going on over here. So hmm, okay, you just sit over there, be quiet, don't do nothing, right? Because I don't know what to do with you, kind of. But Mirabel knew, like in her heart, she was like, okay, this is this is this has some. Tension. You better tell the kids to go get heady. Uh, oh, this she, he this has some tension. We don't know what to do with it, right? So she was kind of the. Um, where are you going? Ah, okay. So Mirabelle. Mirabelle wasn't falling into place. Yeah. Right. She wasn't falling into the archetype of like, here's your role. This is what you do to fulfill your role. And here you go. So nobody knew what to do with her kind of thing, um, which is really interesting. So, but Mirabelle was feeling it. So I was like, oh, this is discord. Hey, something's wrong. Something's wrong. No, it's not. We're perfect. Don't talk about that. Don't, don't talk about this, right? And oftentimes families go, wait a minute. Uncle over here is doing something weird. Oh, we, yeah. We don't, don't talk about that. They, they get shut down kind of thing, right? When I say something weird, I mean like abuse or something super shady. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of families tamp that stuff down and go, nope, 
we've worked hard to cover this up. We've worked hard to create this life. You should be thankful. Just be quiet and go forward about your business, right? And you're like, this is driving me bonkers. No, I have to say something. Mm-hmm. So that is Mirabelle's role from I a family systems perspective. I'm going to challenge that. And here's why. That's because okay. we have to talk about Bruno, who we don't You're talk about. you him already? Yes, because I think in so many assessments of Encanto say that Bruno is the black sheep. Mm-hmm. I believe that Bruno actually represents truth and that Mirabelle is the black sheep. Because mm-hmm. if you read the definition of the word black sheep, it says someone who does not fit in with the rest of a group and is often considered to be a troublemaker or an embarrassment. That is Mirabelle for the entire film. Her grandma is constantly telling mm-hmm. her not to do that. Let someone else do it. You're not supposed to do that, right? She just So generationally, because... Bruno is Mirabelle's uncle, but let right? Me t- yeah, but let so me... there can be two black sheep. Hath, hath been two black sheep? That's right. <laughs> so uh, I say that, yeah, I think you're right. Like you're saying it's like generational. Mm-hmm. He's the He was the first one and yeah, now she's the second one. Was up. But mm-hmm. I think that Bruno represents truth because his whole gift is um, making uh, like visions. What is it? Mm-hmm. Prophecies. Right. And so, but he doesn't tell anyone something that isn't truthful, right? The one guy says, he told me my fish would die the next day dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told me I'd grow a gut and just like he said, uh, he told me all my hair would disappear and I'll look at my head, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, he's not actually, so there's so much there, but I think it's like the power of, of truth, of people being like, hey, you'll get fat if you don't do something about it. See, mm-hmm. he told me I'd get fat just like he said. Oh, right. First, and right? then, so think about um, semantics and neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. It's like, um, if I tell you, and I talk about this all the time with you and our kids, because when I learned it, I was like, holy shit. Right. That makes so much sense. So if I say, hey, don't trip over the stairs when I you did go that out. today. I thought about it. I was like, hey, don't lose this whistle. Fine. Keep the whistle. Like, right. I was like, so, I don't know the words. So think of the last half of the sentence. Hey, don't trip over the stairs. Right. Trip over the stairs. Trip over the stairs. Instead, that is a deficit-based negative thing. And it really, it, it doesn't feel good when Bruno says, like, if, if you come to me for advice and I say, well, um, yeah, if, if you keep on doing this, you're going to get fat and mm-hmm. gross or whatever. Right. Or who knows, Bald. Right? I don't know. Bald. Or, or, Your facial dye. I don't know. Like, um... So it is, there's also this thing most people know is like self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. You know, so right. maybe Bruno was uh, not using NLP to, right. it's, it's, well, and that's, that's what not, he, yeah. He even said like when, remember when Mirabelle went to him, they did a, a vision mm-hmm. and the answer was that Mirabelle had to hug her sister, Isabella, who she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And Mirabelle got mad. She went, oh, and he said, it happens every time. Mm-hmm. So I honestly think, Bruno represents truth and that when he shares the actual truth, everybody gets mad. Abuela gets mad. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, all of them when they have, so like, it's going to rain on your wedding day. Right. Self-fulfilling prophecy. She made it rain. Peppa made it rain on her wedding day. Mm. And so it's like, a, like he says the truth, then people get mad and then he gets ostracized for it. But mm-hmm. in, in a sort of a broader sense, to me, he's representing the things that people don't talk about. We don't talk about the truth. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about the truth. That like blew my mind when mm. I was thinking about it when I was doing the dishes. And I mm-hmm. literally was like, we don't talk about the truth. <laughs> it was really funny. Nice. Okay. So let's go to the other character, Louisa. Louisa. She's like one of my favorite. Everybody's right. favorite. By the way, I want to do a Louisa retreat for women who carry too much. So uh, say that you want to do that. Put a comment somewhere and say that you'll go on a Louisa retreat. Can you turn that away from me? I'm like boiling to death, sweating. Um, but I literally thought of the word sweaty spaghetti right after I said that. And then that was funny to me. Mm-hmm. So Louisa is a strong one. Uh, man, it's so hard not to sing the songs in my head when I'm talking about it. But sing it. she, no, <laughs> I love her. So obviously she represents. Bucks says that you're going to sing it. I'm going to, I'm going to. So you better give me that hundred bucks. That's not how it works. So we share the same bank account. <laughs> Louisa is the, what is the word? She is uh, under expectation. She's burdened by the weight of expectation. But I feel like Louisa represents uh, people who don't talk about what they need. It's like you, like you think I know I could intuit that you're carrying too much. Mm-hmm. And she says in the end of the song, like, um, give I'm, it to your I'm Louisa. You're not Louisa. <laughs> give it to your sister and never wonder if the same pressure would have pulled you under. Mm. That to me was a killer line. I basically wanted to cry the whole time. I, every time I listen to it, I think it's the best song mm-hmm. ever. But um, it's that same idea that she's she's just kind of, I don't know what that would represent. Is there a word that so, represents so that? So her, her archetype kind of thing from a family systems perspective is, okay, she's capable. 
she doesn't make a fuss. And when other people are doing goofy stuff, we do this to one of our kids because right. he, he, we know he's not going to like, he can, he can do it right. Kind of thing. And we have to really be careful of that because you know what that I, that was definitely my thing growing up. Your role. My role growing up big time. Like the, what would you call it? Yeah. It was Louisa. That. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in, in marriage sometimes too. So it's like a highly capable person um, that is not that feels the pressure that sees this craziness and goes, Oh, I'm going to play it small. I will dismiss my own feelings until somebody asks me and I get all the feels and then I sing a long song about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. AKA blow up about it or like uh -huh. have a really hard time kind of thing. So um, uh, you're just dismissing your own feelings. You are highly capable. You see the pressure and what's wrong in the family and you feel a duty and obligation to keep it together. Right, it's got to be a name for that. There like is, the but I didn't look in my thing. Uh, yeah, it's got the burden bearer, the peacekeeper mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, and but then you really feel that later, and you go, "F this, I can't anymore." You you guys deal on your own mm -hmm. kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just too like Louise is saying, it's just too much to bear. Mm -hmm. It's too much. What what's what what is the uh, one of the lines? Um, give it to your sister. Your sister's older. Give her all the things that you can't shoulder. Right kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So she's going to carry the pressure. And it's watch her buckle and bend, but never break. No right. mistakes. And, and then you get the, you get the, uh, you give the impression to other people like, oh, well she can do it. Right. She's got it. Right. I think your mom does that. And we have done that to your mom. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well she can watch the kids or. I don't do that. You do it. No. He does it. Okay, turn the crickets off. I'm the DJ over here. <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> the cricket DJ. So yeah, are you, are you Louisa? Not you, but like, yeah. are, are the listeners Louisa? If so, mm -hmm. which a lot of our our clients are, mm -hmm. a lot of male clients too, uh, talk about that shit. Talk mm -hmm. about it. If you conflict avoided is what conflict multiplied. Conflict avoided. I can take it. I can shoulder it. I'll white knuckle it. I got this. That is only multiplied later mm -hmm. and for guys so talking about like epigenetics and stuff like that like maladaptive reactions it can be multiplied silently it can mm. be multiplied by and do not think i'm crazy for saying this by uh or or, or um the effects uh, the the multiplied effects of holding this in has so much health problems oh it can be yeah it, like arthritis heart attack high blood pressure stress diabetes anxiety depression anxiety mm -hmm. Um, you just said anxiety twice. I know I was saying it fast. Uh, all kinds of stuff, right? All kinds of stuff. And then guess what you do? You do coping mechanisms. You go drink too much. You smoke too much. You work too you much. Gamble. You, you gamble. You do all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Because you're not talking about it. So conflict avoided equals conflict multiplied just doesn't mean like a loud argument with your spouse, mm -hmm. right? Internal conflict, external conflict. Right. All it's like spiritual conflict. Compounding interest. Like the longer you wait to talk about something, the more it grows and grows and grows. And it's like, beyond, it's it's compounding. It's beyond just regular trajectory or whatever. Right. But then on this, the You're other side, the oh yeah. On the other side of that conflict shared, no, conflict? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Conflict shared is a conflict, what is it? Divided? Hold on. Con do well, I don't know, something like that. But conflict shared is conflict, uh, maybe not dissolved, but conflict diluted. Hold on. We'll say is conflict halved. Conflict halved. Oh, that's right. Conflict shared is conflict halved. So you saw in the movie when Louisa told Mirabelle about her all of her stress, she mm -hmm. like broke down. Like she went from being nothing stops me. I'm the I've got it all. Diamonds and platinum. I find them and flatten them. Right, like my favorite line. So she just she goes. It's this like workhorse mode. And then Louisa says, or sorry, Mirabelle says, your eye is twitching. And then she like. Denies it, denies it, denies it, and then breaks into song, yeah. right? So she breaks down. So I'm bringing that up because the workhorse of the family, the peacekeeper of the family, the you of the family, right? When they get an opportunity to actually share and someone might actually listen, they tend to like dissolve into a puddle of tears right. or anger. Cause there's so well, much usually pressure anger first. And then it depends tears, on, I mean, right? I think it depends on the person mm -hmm. and what they're going mm -hmm. through and all that stuff. But I think of like, even um, in 
like when this is gonna sound totally weird, random, but like when my grandmother was sick, my grandmother was sick for a really long time and my mom was taking care of her. Now it's not my mom's mom, it's actually my dad's mom. And so my mother was taking care of my grandmother and she was just like the one who would show up and do everything, right? Mm -hmm. And that pressure was so intense that she would like, you know, not and not in a bad way. She was always pretty balanced about it, but like you could see when there was a, a moment that she could talk about it, it was just like you know, because it was so much to such a big burden. And so what? Maybe that's why I'm a therapist in the first place. Like I see the value of that and I can see it in other people. And when they share it mm-hmm. kind of thing is that serendipitous exchange thing yeah. that I talk about. Yeah. When they share it, that kind of gives me permission to share it. And it feels really good to be able to be the Mirabelle to the Louisa in that mm-hmm. kind of situation. I just wish you'd do that to me. <laughs> you're, you're too close to me. Sorry. <laughs> can't see it. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's a really good assessment of that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's an important role to talk about. Uh, also like when you start talking about these things, it's really hard for people like that. And so just to kind of have that awareness in your mind, if you feel like the Louisa, you feel like you want to talk about these things, don't be surprised if it feels like this massively overwhelming thing. Mm-hmm. And in that case, journal, 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 journal. Yes. You may accidentally fire hose someone else. A hundred percent. Okay. Something. So, who do you want to go to next? I want to talk about Peppa, the one who makes weather. Oh, who makes weather. Okay. Um, because I think that Peppa is a great example of, what is it called? Uh, mindfulness. Actually, a lack of mindfulness. Well, kind of. She's like a kind of a mix she, of she it. She does both. She tries. Um, but it's interesting. It's like she can, control, she can control the weather when she wants to, but when the weather is controlling her, she has a really hard time mm-hmm. not doing it. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like yeah. not controlling it? So I think that she's a really great, Inter or externalized example of the internal process of like, you know, there's one time when it's like, I think it's when um, something bad starts happening. The house starts falling down or something and she's starting to like thunder and she's trying to make herself stop. And Mm -hmm. she's like, blue skies, blue skies, blue skies, blue skies or something like that. And it was really funny because it made me think of like, that is a really great example of mindfulness. Yes. That's what I was going to say too. Mm -hmm. It's a, an example of, of, uh, mindfulness and present moments awareness, Mm -hmm. right? There's this whole thing called MSBR, mindfulness-based stress reduction. Mm -hmm. Like you can reduce stress over and over and over by doing these mindfulness. I think you said uh, it back. Anyway. I don't know. MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction. Yeah. And you can, you can actually control it, right? And say that we follow Peppa along, you know, say the movie was long or something. And she was like, oh, wait a minute. I can control this. You know, I'd want to see like a scene of her meditating. Then it turns into freaking Elsa. That's shooting ice castles. Oh no, that's not present moment awareness. <laughs> or maybe it is. Also maybe you like can decide to be like, bolts "I'm ripping this bastard up." Let's do this. Tornadoes on everyone. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a, that's a, I think that's a good read mm-hmm. of of Peppa. Right. How, how does that play into the larger system? I don't. Well, know I don't. Yet. I mean, she is representing. I think what I love about her role is that. Again, even if it doesn't play into the whole system, even if we don't make that tie or that connection, I want you to think of Peppa and how the weather pops up. Like when um, Antonio, her son, Mm -hmm. is going to get his magic or whatever, his His gift. gift. And she is like looking at him and they're all, and she's saying, I'm so excited, but then she starts to rain. Mm. So it's, she is like even a visual representation externalized of the internal workings of conflict within your own mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can both feel very excited for my son to go to college, but like, oh my God, what am I going to do? My son is leaving my baby boy. So you have rain over here and sun over here. And she's a great, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I love to have visual representations of the, the complexity of the human mind. I think it's really, it's really like, helpful. You love it, but you don't. I do, but I don't. Our kid used to say that all the time. I do, but it's I like don't. Marin wanted to go to his friend's house or something and he got the invite. And maybe we were doing something fun that day. And I was like, and he was like upset because yeah, he, he like didn't crying. know what to do, you know? And he's like, it's like I do, but I don't. Right. I want to, but I don't want to. It's like the Bible verse, like the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Oh, right. It made me think of that. Like he was just like, <laughs> Paul, isn't that who does it? Like he's just stressed out yeah, to the max. That's but funny. again, I think it's helpful to have this, um, sh- like Peppa's real time example of she's, her brain is thundering but she wants it to be sunny. Mm-hmm. And so she is meditate. She literally meditates, which meditate means to roll over and over and over again, to like repeat. It's almost like a mantra. She has a mantra, right? Sunny skies, sunny skies or whatever. Blue skies, blue skies, blue skies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that same exact thing too. So for example, if you're 
let's say you're starting to feel stressed out, like your kids are driving you crazy. I'll use an example of like motherhood. So I'll have times when my kids make me feel like I'm going to lose my marbles because they never stop making sounds. And so I'll be like, I can feel like the lava, like I can feel myself start to get freaked out and mad. Mm. Um, but I will meditate almost like a wave. So I think I'm now I'm thinking of Moana, like Taka and the other one, um, Tafiti. But like wave it, waves of like, I am calm, I'm peaceful, I'm happy, I love my children, I'm mm -hmm. blessed, I'm calm, I'm peaceful, I'm happy, I love my children. Literally roll it over and over and over in your head until that becomes your prevailing thought. That is mindfulness, that's how it works. And then eventually Peppa can go from cloudy to rain, you know, cloudy and rains and thunder over to sunny stuff right. and happy so things. So there is a, a bit of Peppa in everyone. There's a bit of Peppa in all of us. A little Peppa on that, salt and Peppa, right? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the and she illustrates that she can control it. So she has this feeling and this feeling, right? It's conflictual feelings, mm -hmm. right? The dichotomy of like, oh, I want to do that but I don't want to do that. You know, mm -hmm. discipline does what now, which you'll be thankful for later. Mm -hmm. And if we're aware of that, then we're like, okay, I'm not going to lose my marbles mm -hmm. here because I want uh, a healthy kid and a good relationship. So let me meditate or do something before. And we talk about this all the time. It's like, okay, get a routine in the morning, visualize and affirm yourself that morning mm -hmm. of how you want to show up right. and say that you can show up that way right. because you're awesome and do that as a practice. Right. I guarantee that if we po followed Peppa, from her teen years to until she was 65 and it showed her meditating every day, you would see way less clouds. Right. Maybe you'd see the clouds, but then it would be like, oh, that thought. Oh, wait a minute. I'm right. just going to go back to my mindfulness practices mm -hmm. and my meditation things mm -hmm. and the prayer or whatever I do kind of thing. And that reminds me of um, uh, the, the thought of like nothing is forever. Mm -hmm. You know, like I use this in therapy sometimes. If, if you're depressed, it's like, okay, you can be sitting in a field Oh, I kind of feel weird. There's a big back black cloud over here. It's coming, coming, coming. Oh man, I feel like t I feel terrible. This I just I don't want to do anything. So the cloud's over you, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, I'm sitting with it, sitting with it. Go back to your mindfulness practices and your stuff, journaling, whatever it is for you. Exercise, running, meditating on positive things, and then guess what? That cloud eventually goes away. So if if we all have some peppa in us. And if we followed her in the thing, she's like, yep, I have a growth mindset. I listened to the uh, Anatomy of Us podcast <laughs> and also did, did coaching with Melanie and Seth. Right. Um, then she would be able to control that. She joined far women's more group coaching. She joined the women's group. Right. I don't know. AnatomyofUs.com. Women goes to coaching. <laughs> Whoa, okay. I want to comment on a word you said. You said discipline does now what you'll be thankful for later, which is actually not the quote. And it's wisdom, it's wisdom right. does now what you'll be thankful for later. But the word discipline comes from the word disciple, which means student. So learn from yourself. Be a disciple of yourself. Show discipline. Learn from yourself. Right. I love the origin of words. It the, has the, a name. The, that quote that I was actually saying is, discipline is the bridge. Oh, yeah. Um, Between where you are now and where you want to be. Where you want to get to, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I love talking about that part of it. Um, uh, what was I going to say next? Is there a next one you want to go to? Oh, Isabella. Yeah, uh, no, let's go back to Bruno and how he was the black sheep a generation before mm. Mirabelle. But mm -hmm. what does Bruno end up doing? He ends up saying, peace okay, out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not welcome here. I'm being, I'm being exiled. Uh, and there's all kinds of things that I could have looked up in my family therapy books for definitions <laughs> and stuff, but it's like, okay. And a lot of the black sheep and exiles who are in Bruno's situation to the extreme and I work with these folks and have for a long time, get a severe and chronic mental illness, right. i.e. bipolar 1, bipolar mm -hmm. 2 disorder, mm -hmm. chronic schizophrenia, things like that, where it's like, okay, your brain is just, it, and then and then you end up homeless, right. not able to mm -hmm. hold a job. You can't really be friends with anybody because mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Um, well, and you see, I mean, I really want to point this out. When Mirabelle first meets Bruno in the walls of the house, he looks pretty rough. And he's talking to rats. He puts buckets on his head. He puts on rat plays, right? Mm -hmm. That is what happens when we um, unintentionally isolate the people that do things that make us feel uncomfortable, which is what Bruno is doing. Bruno mm -hmm. is telling the truth. He's showing it how he sees it, right? Which is unfiltered. And that's very much like someone who might be on the spectrum, mm -hmm. like that doesn't have that social filter to say, oh, I shouldn't say that. That might make them feel bad. Mm -hmm. So, oh, they're calling for the dog. Our dog is lost. Oh. Um, and so they're, 
like Bruno has unintentionally made people feel uncomfortable. So they have, uh, what's the word? Like isolated him. They stop hanging out with him. Then he stops being socialized. And because he's not socialized, when he tries to socialize again, he's worse at it Mm -hmm. and worse at it and worse at it to the point where he doesn't want to socialize. Nobody wants to socialize with him. So it's like even more farther apart. To the end, then you start to disassociate. Right, yeah. with others in reality, but with yourself. Yeah. And then the mind disintegrates, disintegrates. Right, like integration. integrated, right? Right, right. And then you get into crazy land. And I cannot tell you how many people I've sat with, you know, one minute, a bunch of minutes, Mm -hmm. thinking there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. CIA, FBI, aliens. And I've sat with a lot of those folks. I love it, in fact. And then, boom, the clearest insight ever. I'm Mm -hmm. like, you just popped into reality. You just popped into the real world here. The real world. And you are 100% right. Mm-hmm. Right. But then it's their brain gets scrambled and then mm-hmm. boom, they go. And back now we're out. not, we're not trying to say that no, I'm just, every not, people no. in the, and you know that. So I don't want to like, whatever. No, but, I'm just e- explaining right. it in, in my experience mm-hmm. of that. But luckily, Bruno had someone reach out Mirabelle. to him, Mirabelle reach out to him who understood him, was like, hey, what you have to say mm-hmm. is true, is good. Let me help you integrate right. back. Here, right. And right? and think of the like the meta meaning behind all that. Mirabelle went on a journey to find him. Mm-hmm. She didn't just knock on the wall. She didn't go behind the painting where there's a hole to the house. Like she Huh? No. No. We'll keep find looking, him later. Keep looking. It's okay. Just keep looking. Um but she she had to go on an actual journey. She had to put herself in danger. She had to do her own risking and her own her like own work. her entire family said we don't talk about him don't go looking for him mm-hmm. that's a bad idea and i think like even uh is no who is it dolores who can hear everything mm-hmm. says something like you're the what, what does she say someone tells her not to do it and she goes and does it anyway mm-hmm. but i'm only pointing that out <laughs> we're gonna hear hattie's calling for the do- dog behind the thing the whole time um but the reason i'm pointing that out is that if you are the person saying man i notice this black sheep in my family nobody's talking to them or they're you know, isolating, they're doing all these things. They're getting weirder and weirder and weirder. It's a journey to mm-hmm. help them. It is a journey. And you will put yourself into a position of possible ostracization, ostracization, what? Ostrich eggs. Um, and there's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because that is the journey that people go on when they try to help somebody that's in that situation. Right. And um, a lot of times if it's a family member, also remember, because I've seen this and lived it out to a degree and you have to, uh, you can't, so Mirabelle, if she was acting in the way like, okay, I'm going to go after Bruno, integrate him back in, I'm going to save him kind of thing. That can take years and years and years. And some people just don't want that. You know, mm-hmm. luckily Bruno did and was open to it, but there have been zillions of cases to where like, okay, uh, they just need tough love or this or that or whatever. Right. And sometimes that is just not the case. And mm-hmm. you could never, if Bruno didn't want to come back, nothing Mirabelle did or didn't do could have made him come back, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to come back. He saw it and was like, oh, yes, somebody right. finally understands right. me, and right? It, it, and, that, the- and that was the road back to that. But you can beat your brains out for a thousand years trying to get somebody to come back or not. Like I have uncles this way, right. and all kinds of stuff. Right? And in, in that movie too, like Bruno has a place setting, like he sits at the end of the kitchen, remember on the other side of the wall mm-hmm. and he has his own plate. Like he clearly wants to be a part of the family, but is ostracized. Like he's, he's outcast anyway. Right. And so he, that's a sign he wanted to be back there. He was still like halfway living in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a powerful, that's, he plays a really powerful, uh, like a archetype in this, you a know, role in the whole system. Mm-hmm. There's something else I was going to say about him. Okay. What about is- Isabella? Isabella. She's, she's a- pretty. She's perfect. You know, people, it's kind of like the rock star <laughs> of the family kind of thing. It's the good face of the family. It's the golden child. In fact, that's a thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to tell you, tell her to stop.
She's back. Okay. What's up, guys? <laughs> Sorry for the intermission. So, is it Isabella, the golden child, right? And that's an actual term in family therapy kind of thing. It's like, okay, we approve of this person. This is good what they do. We want to see that. It's a good face for us. It might be like, oh, this kid got great grades. Um, they're going to college. They started a business. They mm-hmm. married somebody, you know, equally oh, yeah. as amazing. Carrie. <laughs> I told her, I said, I'm Louisa and you're Isabella and everybody knows it. Hmm. Whatever. Whatever. Right. But that is the thing. But in the end, how happy is Isabella? Does she want to marry the the perfect guy that no. everybody, Abuela and everybody picks for her? Mm-mm, no. no, she doesn't. Why? Because that's not what she wants, mm-hmm. right? So she's giving up some of her autonomy to play a role mm-hmm. as a face to to kind of like look for good. the family. She says, for, right. "I did never want to marry him. I'm doing it for the family." Doing it for the family, mm-hmm. right? The the forward facing kind of like, okay, this is what you see in the window dressing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What you don't see is the the bullcrap storage room that hasn't been you right. know, dusted for a thousand right. years, kind of thing. So. Uh, I'm asking people, what what role do you play in this? Are you are you the golden child mm-hmm. kind of thing? Are you Isabella or Bruno, the black sheep? Are you um what's the other one? Louisa. Louisa. You know, do you do you bear the burden of stuff and you don't talk about it and you dismiss your own feelings? Or are you I really Maribel? don't know much about the other ones, so I think that's pretty good. No, that's fine. Well, I um, want to keep talking about this one unless mm-hmm. you're are you Oh the to gold, be done? golden child? You're going yeah. back to that? I, I want to f- yeah, there's a lot of things I think about that, but like the actual definition of the golden child is one who is favored or the favorite in a family, mm-hmm. on a team, work, etc. often held in high esteem by others and for whom there are high hopes. Oh, high hopes. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just expectations of, and then also in that, in that realm of, okay, I have really high hopes for you. You're the golden child. There becomes a very narrow way that you can be successful and be that mm-hmm. golden child. So you start doing something out of bounds. You grow a cactus when you're known for growing roses, mm. then all of a sudden, what are you doing? What are you wrong? We get, don't do that. So mm-hmm. then, Okay, I'm not going to do that. That's a rubber fence kind mm-hmm. of idea. Like you, you know, the golden child pushes against that rubber fence concept and gets flung right back in. Like, don't do that. That's farther. You're not allowed. Right. But no one mm-hmm. actually says that. No one says you can't do that. Right. They just but you, sort feel, of, you feel the tension of it, like with, right. a, with a stare or the like a questioning of like, mm-hmm. what are you, what, what are you doing? Right. What's, or what's why would on? you, why would you do that all of a sudden? Right. Or I also had that role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I did too. <laughs> you did? No. Carrie. Nobody had Carrie's it. No, the golden Carrie didn't child. Have that. Yes, she is. Carrie just is the golden child. Like in her, she she doesn't do anything wrong. It's Jesse. You're right. It's Jesse. It's not Jesse. It is him, and he feels it, and he never talks about it. That's so true. Jesse mm. is both the golden child and Louisa. Maybe that's why we're Within friends. <laughs> that, there you go. That's actually not. Mind is being blown right now. Um, I'm trying Stick to think of what else. Okay. I don't think there was any other characters. I think Dolores hears things. I don't know what that could represent. If I thought about it for more than a minute and not on a show on the spot, I could come right. up with some good stuff. But I want to ask you guys, what character are you? Who do you see yourself as? And that's not like a curse. It's not like, oh, I'm so-and-so. Oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Right. No, there's ways out of it. Mm-hmm. Or not even ways out of it, but ways to navigate it. Right. Healthy. Ways through it. Guess what? Since I was the, oh, my gosh, I was also in some degree the the golden child um also burden bear slash black sheep when i was like i'm out of here i'm moving you were all to the Seattle. things no i'm serious okay. i'm not joking right but guess what through all kinds of stuff therapy coaching oh i know there's so much more that i want to talk about having a growth Hold mindset on. you can get out of that right. it's not like this you know you're, you're handcuffed to these things forever mm-hmm. i this is okay there's a couple more things that i want to talk about unless you need to go do Got you want to okay so i wanted to talk about actually the candle itself represents in my opinion tradition mm-hmm. like the candle is just like we do it this way we've always done it this way we never do it any other way does that make sense yeah but i disagree what do you think it stands for it stands for it's an external so they think that they need the candle to have to have a a, a rope, a tie to mm-hmm. this internal God-given awesomeness, mm. right? And if the candle goes out, oh, that's it. Well, I'm saying almost the same thing. Like if right? the tradition, well, the it, candle it became of- a tradition, but I see right. the candle as like a, an external representation of what people actually have inside themselves, mm-hmm. but they just don't know it, mm-hmm. right? 
So it's like, I, I am, I don't have my gifts. I don't have, remember they, all their gifts went away when the candle went out. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, oh, the candle went out. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm not, I'm not strong. I'm not insightful. I can't do this, but guess what? It was inside you the entire time. So what's, is that, what's a real world representation of that? Like if I lose my job, if I lose my job, I'm nothing. If I get divorced, I'm nothing. So the candle, not so much family tradition in my opinion, but identity. The candle represents identity. Represents. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, because, oh, my identity, uh, identity as the strong one, the burden bearer, I shoulder everything, but the candle went out. Now I'm not that anymore. Mm-hmm. Ugh, what do I do? Right. And then you have a internal like crisis kind of conflict of like, mm. what's going on? Who am I? Right. But it. in the end, mm-hmm. you don't need a candle. You are the candle. That's right. You are the candle. That's exactly See what I'm right. saying. And how does this apply to marriage? Getting heated, girl. <laughs> how does this apply to marriage? You don't make me happy. You do nothing for me. <laughs> no, I thought you, we were talking about a candle. You don't make me happy. You don't complete me. You don't do anything, mm-hmm. right? And when I look to you for those things, what kind of relationship do we have? The worst. Am I sexy if I do that? No. You want to jump me if I do that? Never. Right. Or I'm like, oh, fuck this. I, I am the candle. Don't talk like that. I'm the candle. I have it inside me. How confident is that? How attractive is that? How... Willing are you to be like, yes, that. And what kind of relationship do we have? A good one. Right? You're not listening. I am. You said, uh, how, what kind of relationship do we have? Okay. All right. Plus, you're saying to edit something out. Yes, which I am. We have this on the thing. So, um, does, does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. I think that that's a good You are the candle, Louisa. You, you are the candle, listener. You, you are. Mm-hmm. And I think in a larger sense of it, the what I love about this is the end, there's a song um, in the movie called Two Oraguitos, which is two caterpillars. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Two Oraguitos. That's exactly right. So I love it. And I looked up the lyrics. Actually, I didn't look them up. We have, we always have closed captions on, on our television. We always have done you just that. just typed it out? No, it, it says it. It translates You know, it. kids that grow up with closed captions get Better read readers. earlier. Yeah, I know. But We're I love, pro. I We're l- the best parents. I love closed captions. Uh, especially when you watch like a, a drama and it, like that's, English and someone's hard to understand. You know, I'll just read that. That's easier. Basically. But anyway, two oraguitos is two caterpillars. And oh my gosh, the language in this song is like doy. So they talk, it says two caterpillars. Um, well, I don't want to read the whole thing, but like. Yo doy. <laughs> yo doy. It says basically what I think that this song is representing, which is the song that uh, Abuela and her husband, when they first meet that song plays when they're like, mm-hmm. she's reminiscing and she's at the river with Mirabelle. And there's lyrics that says, don't you hold on too tight. Both of you know it's your time to grow, to fall apart, Mm. to reunite. Mm. Wonders await you just on the other side. Trust they'll be there and start to prepare the way for tomorrow. So like that whole thing is it's time to grow. Mm -hmm. And in order to grow, again, two caterpillars, you're a little tiny bug. You're a grub. You just be a grub here. And then all of a sudden you got to (laughs) grow. You need to turn into two separate things. And then on the other side of that tension, it'll be, you'll reunite. It'll be mm-hmm. better. But it says, uh, wonders, of, no, what is it? It's your time to grow, to fall apart and mm-hmm. reunite, which is literally the concept of the entire movie. So guess what? So in, no. So in order for the entire family system to be better than it was before, they had to literally fall apart. The house falls apart. The casita falls apart. Mm-hmm. And then when they come back together, it's a much more balanced. It's not this maladaptive, like refugee, uh, fear-based you know, all of that historical trauma, it's healed, but it's healed collectively. Bruno's back in. There's no black sheep. There Mm -hmm. is all this, like, it's a very like teamwork makes a dream work vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love, I just love it. I love that the song had to do with it and that, that it is so representative. Like the town helps. It's not, you haven't made like idols of each person's magical Mm -hmm. whatever's right. So guess what? One thing that's so important in that they didn't fall apart willingly. Like Abuela did not go, okay, I see this. I'm going right. to tear it down, right? And it's the same thing. I was talking about a, 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 a mastermind member about this today. Sometimes our body gets physically sick. Oh, yeah. Because that is your internal thing saying, okay, you're not going to slow down. Right. You're not putting the brakes on this, working, doing whatever, good or bad kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I... Your body inside you says, mm-hmm. I'm putting the brakes on, boom, you're done. Right. Kind of thing, right? 
Did I did I elect to get sick anytime I've ever gotten sick? No. No. Right? Right. Uh, or the same thing with you, right? So if you don't put the brakes on here and in your heart willingly, then your body would be like, poof, let's do this. And you see this in family systems all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Families would come in and the mom would have a raging drinking problem, right? Mm-hmm. And the dad would be super, super pissed. Guess who Guess who had the problem mm-hmm. in, in mom and dad's eyes? Mm-hmm. Well, our boy is skipping school. Mm-hmm. He's smoking weed. Mm-hmm. He's cussing around. We're here for him. What's going on, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. she wasn't going to yeah. willfully quit drinking. He wasn't going to stop being a workaholic and being pissed off all right, the time. Right, right. So guess who made them go, whoa, this is, whoa, right. what is this? Yeah, there, I mean, Something it's, outside it's really, of the system. Well, the kid was in the yeah. system, right? Um, so it's like this mm-hmm. exemplifies that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're forced to change. Right. And growth is always uncomfortable, even with a freaking caterpillar. Caterpillar. Calipitter. Calipitter. Cat, caterpillar. Cadillac. It's forced to change, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it won't grow. If it never grows wings and just goes into the cocoon, it's just going to die. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you ever seen like a, a pupa that's just dead? It never came open kind of thing? He turned into a pupa, a pupa, super duper. <laughs> fa la la, hey. <laughs> open up the chrysalis. <laughs> <laughs> and what is that show called? Their kids watch that all the time. I don't know, but sometimes they... They're like, okay, this is too, this is too, this hurts too bad. I'm just going to die. Right. You know, right. I'm just going to give up. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be, pff, I'm going to keep on drinking. Or right. Whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but growth comes in the uncomfortableness and discomfort. Ryan mm-hmm. Holiday is a, has a great book. The obstacle, the hard ass thing mm-hmm. is the way. That's not the title. <laughs> the title is the obstacle is the way, but I kind of paraphrase, right? The thing that you don't want to do is sometimes the thing to do. It's uh-huh. like, that's when you dig down. That's when you reach in. You know, if you're running a marathon, which I don't even know how, what, 26.2 miles, if you get to mile 26, the hardest part is going to be the last .2 of miles, right? right? If you fall down and lay there until nighttime and the race is over and you still have .2 to go, you didn't finish the race. Right. It doesn't matter. Well, it matters. But, but those, what is it, what? I know Hey, what good job saying. not finishing the marathon. <laughs> That's great. It. What an inspiration. <laughs> that was funny. Can I say something about something? Yes. So you mentioned that family systems things where you got like a, a family where the, you know, the mother's an alcoholic, the father is angry all the time. And then mm-hmm. they come in saying that's the kid's fault. That's why they're at therapy. Right. So um, you think if you see this with little kids too, when parents are, um, when a system, I'm thinking of very specific friends of ours, you probably, you've spent some time with them recently and noted the awkwardness there. But uh, re- remember when their kids were even younger and we would go, and there, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. So we would go to their house and you would see this major dysfunction with Sean and Carrie. <laughs> That's delightful. Uh, you'd see this it's major not. dysfunction within the marital unit right. that was manifesting in really terrible behavior in their children. Mm-hmm. But then the parents would just get mad at the kids, right? So the kids' behavior would be terrible because they're trying to subconsciously change what's happening in front of them that they can't put words to or whatever. And there was a line in a Jordan Peterson book I read lately, which was so cool. He's like, children may be little, but they are ancient creatures. Mm. And he's like, wired into everything that they do is the wisdom of our human race. And I was like, that is so rad. rad. And he was like, they're never just listening. They're never just watching. They're like, formulating the whole world and, and they're really like they're ancient beings and There's creatures just an information vacuum mm-hmm. they're sucking everything in right trying to process it and oftentimes crazy stuff happens when they don't understand right and it's it it just really come cool. here hattie tell us what's up lady we we are gonna wrap up okay we're, we're not we're recording a world famous podcast see you later Hi, Zinga. Zinga. okay got it okay go. scram Maybe this yeah. is a good example of Go. of Go. what Go you were exactly saying. So say that's like, okay, so real time, me and Melanie are mm-hmm. real time. Me and Melanie are working like right now. And our kid came in with a concern. She's mm-hmm. looking for the dog, mm-hmm. right? She needs to be attuned to mm-hmm. or uh, attended to. And so many times we're like, we got to make the podcast. Right. We got to do this. We got to do this. And the guests like fast forward, like a speed motion thing on a camera. You see her coming in 
eight, 10, 20, 25, mm-hmm. 100 times, you know, over the course right, of right, one, right. two, three, four, five years. Right. And then, oh, guess what? Now she's staying out late. She's not listening to what we're saying, mm-hmm. you know, as a, a teenager or right. whatnot. Right, right, right. Kind of thing. You because can trace we it back attuned, yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. But the podcast was important and this and this. Of mm-hmm. course, we're going to like straight go attune yeah. to her now. And the kids know that this is the work thing. Right. Um, but if that went on for a long time, her ancient DNA would be like, hmm, what? This place what, isn't what safe. Is I'm not staying here. Right. I can't. And yeah. then would will perpetuate to her offspring. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. So I think that this, what I love about Encanto is sort of it has all of these layers of meta meaning wrapped within it. Mm-hmm. And we can learn from all of the characters and even the structure of the, their family structure, right? What's helpful, what's not. So then you could ask yourself, okay, well, if Isabella feels like she's stuck being perfect and she can't be different and she's stuck with the rubber fence and all that stuff, then what could we do instead? Like you could ask yourself, well, what could they do instead? What mm-hmm. could Bruno have done instead? What could... Mirabelle do instead. And that's where you start to find solutions to mm-hmm. things. So if you're feeling these things in your own life, if feeling like you're stuck in a position, if you're the Louisa or whatever, ask yourself, actually give the character in the movie advice and then follow it. That's pretty good. <laughs> Externalizing. Like I do that a lot with, um, with my clients. So I say, well, what would you tell me? Mm-hmm. I literally say, if, if you were talking to me and I was the one calling you with a problem, what mm-hmm. would you say to me? Right. And we have a wisdom beyond what we can see when it's our own situation. But if you can look at Louise and say, God, well, all she's got to do is talk to blah, 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 and mm-hmm. write a little, blah, you know, then you do it. You yeah. have wisdom too. It's all there. We had to do stuff like that in grad school. Like, okay, what things are we leaving unsaid? What kind of relationships? And it was a, it was a whole semester of doing that. And there was so much drama in that classroom because a lot of the folks oh, yeah. had to go talk about weird stuff. I talked about really stuff with my my Really parents. stuff? You talked about really stuff? Wow. Really, really... Can't believe you talked about really stuff. things about uh, in, within my family kind of thing when I was going through that. Right. And uh, the drama was like, oh, you, you know, the teacher made me open up a can of worms and it's, you know, right. everything's messed up. But the right. teacher didn't do it, of course. It's just like an exercise in, in learning this stuff because that's what they were setting themselves up to do with their own profession and career kind of thing. Yeah. But um, I think that a lot of people don't do this stuff. Like you said, you know, oh, well, Bruno could have done this. We don't know what we don't know. Oh, yeah, right? like exactly. Bruno, like so... Who are you hanging out with? Think about this. Your community and the people that you hang out with and the the things that you um, uh, read, listen to, watch are going to influence how uh, how many tools you have to take care of this stuff, right? Because if it wasn't modeled for you in your family, then like, it, and this oftentimes comes out of trauma, like, okay, yeah, Bruno didn't grow up with like, okay, uh, read a book or do this or talk to somebody or join this group or whatnot because it was born from trauma. It's like, hey, we're doing what we have to do to survive. We're in survival mode, right? And when you're thinking about survival mode, you're not thinking of anything else but surviving. You're not thinking about empathic listening or reflective oh, listening yeah. or anything like that. You're thinking about how do I survive and move on? So right. you have to surround yourself with, I don't know, if you're like, oh, I didn't have any of this. Okay, you have well, to guess have what? champions and you, cheerleaders and helpers. You can change it and you can move it forward and you can affect yourself, your family, your spouse, and generations to go. You absolutely can. That's right. There are ways to do it. So, you guys. We weren't done. I'm not, don't, don't outro it yet. <laughs> My gosh. I have to tell you about women's group coaching. I was not on. Um, we should have talked about sound. it before. Oh yeah, we got um, it's, it's a whole minute. It's good. Ready? But no, no. So I want to tell you about women's group coaching and how it applies to this thing. Like you were just saying, you don't mm-hmm. know what you don't know. Having a team of people around you, having a group, a cohort, or um, let's say a dang, I never got the word. I can't think of what it is. Anyway, bad babes murder crew. Not murder crew. It was battalion. No whatever. doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, it's the most boring thing ever. But anyway, having a group of people around you who are saying, I am interested. It's almost like having all the Mirabelles around you, like having mm-hmm. 40, a hundred, you know, 10 in your group, but then 400 outside of that. Like there's a room full of Mirabelles who are willing to go on a journey with you to help you unpack the things from your past that are tearing you inside or tearing you apart to help you discover what else can you do? Mm-hmm. Like Isabella, like you're going to grow and these people are going to help you get there. You're going to become a Mirabelle for somebody else, right? Yes. So you should sign up for women's group coaching. If you do it before, I don't know if this episode is going to come out later, but whatever, sign up, go to anatomyofus.com and you will find the coaching tab. Um, you 
Yeah, you're going to love it. It's amazing. It's a, uh, we, I mean, we meet every week on a Zoom call and then you use this amazing workbook that I've created for the group. So it's um, going to be rad. All right. Equally as rad, go to badasshusband.com. It's the same thing. It's a group of men who uh, want to excel in five very specific areas. And if you have excellation, if you have excellence in all those areas, guess what? Everything else is going to thrive and grow just like you want it. So go to badasshusband.com. You're the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. For me, I'm hanging out with kick-assers, right? If you're not <laughs> kicking ass, then I don't want to hang out. That's all there is to kick it. Kick-assers. Right? Anyway. Badasshusband.com. We love you so much. Thank you so much Thank for you. hanging out with us and talking about Encanto with us. I hope that it was helpful and informative and that it leads you to your own health and restorative relationships. That's right. Identify who you are in the family. Do something about it. We love you guys. I'm disappointed Have an amazing right now. day. Bye. Bye.